Welcome, and thank you for pressing play. I'm Crystal Bergfield, and this is Fireside Chats with Crystal. Paying homage to FDR, this podcast discusses real politics through storytelling, interviews, and in-depth discussions that touch every American. With the help of my guests, I will dive into the issues that plague our society and highlight new ideas that could contribute to a healthy nation. This podcast is part of a larger curriculum to educate Americans about our society. Gather around the fire and prepare to expand your mind, your heart, and your reality. Hello, friends. This is Crystal Bergfield. Today's podcast episode is a storytelling, an interview of an American, just like you and me. Please open your heart and mind and prepare to expand your understanding by learning about another American. Please welcome Kelly. Kelly is 23 and working on media production for my campaign. She's intelligent, passionate about positive change, and a lovely human being. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today, Kelly. You're welcome. For all of you listening, I'm interviewing Kelly about jobs and her view as a young American. Let's get into it. So Kelly, tell me about your memories of your parents' work growing up. Um, I grew up with, my, my mom was an elementary school teacher and my dad is a software engineer. My mom was the one who went out to work and my dad was kind of he worked from home, so he was like the stay-at-home dad. Nice. Um, my mom was getting her master's at the time, so she was leaving very early in the morning and then teaching all day and then going to school at night. Wow. And then coming home late at night and then really starting it all over again. And so I'm sure it affected her parenting, and not to say that it's a negative thing, but as a, a mom... And a woman getting her uh, master's degree and working full-time, that's a huge demand. Yeah. So as a child, how did you see her adulting? Did, did you see her a lot? And um, what did it make you think about jobs? Well, there was definitely a time where I didn't see her a lot. I definitely saw her passion, though, even as a child, more than really caring about that time of her not being there for very, very frequently for a lot of things, I could see that she was doing good for the world. And being an adult now, kind of wanting to do the same thing, it's interesting to try to, to start something like that. Like you have to put a lot and a lot of time into it. When I'm kind of endeavoring on things and not really paying attention to people and kind of just doing my own little work, I think a lot of that and how much it has paid off for her in the future. So it sounds like, at least your mom anyway, instilled this idea in you that when we have a job, we should be passionate about it. Yeah. Now, how is that, how has your experience thus far been? Have you found that you can um, bring your passions into your work? All, all of my jobs for a while were restaurant-based jobs. It was hard to bring my level of passion into that because I had a moral dilemma with mm. serving meat to people. 
Um, I'm like an avid non-meat eater and animal rights activist. And so I've always had a hard time kind of profiting off of the sale of meat. And I've been told time and time again by people, you just, that's just how it is. You just have to do it. It actually kind of like hurts me. It kind of takes a part of my soul away when I'm just kind of thrown into this machine of you, you have to work, you have to make money and you have to make sacrifices. But it's hard when those sacrifices are your morals. It sounds like you have this, um, this belief system that has been guiding you through life. And then as you become an adult, you're then told, sorry, too bad, do this work. Yeah. Right? Because, and let's talk about this. You know, as you became an adult, Kelly, and I, I know that you went to college. So uh, I'd like to actually talk a little bit about that in your degree. Tell me what your degree is. Um, I'm graduated with a film and television production degree. So I was going to school in Denver and the rent was crazy to the point where you have to have a job. You have to be working as a student. Um, I didn't know many people who weren't working and being a student full time. And at that point, you just want to work to make money. It's paycheck to paycheck sort of situation every month. And it's harder at that point to get a job where your morals aren't challenged. So in that, I'm sure there is a projected outcome um, when it comes to your salary on what you should be able to expect in salary. Um, and, and yet we all know that there's a ladder that we climb. Um, that's what's been created here in the U.S. And so we have to work our way up the, the ladder. But what does that look like in the film industry, in, in media? In the film industry, it's definitely climbing up the ladder. I mean, you, you start with grunt work and you start as what they call a PA on film sets, which is just um, kind of assisting anyone who needs it. Mm. Um, it's usually unpaid but it's all about connections. I found that the most important thing about my education was the connections. I feel like I paid to make connections. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. That and says a lot. <laughs> it does say a lot. I, I feel like I met more people than I actually really learned about the industry and really even learned about what I'm supposed to expect going out of school as far as a salary. And I've worked on sets um, where I've been pretty mistreated and kind of used for my skill set, where a lot of times I'll say, hey, I, I've, I'm willing to help you out because I want the experience. Mm -hmm. And I end up doing it for little to no money. Yeah. And I think that kind of moving out of that, we're not super prepared for. I wasn't given a ton, a ton of confidence being a grunt worker and not getting paid to move up and be like, Hey, this is what I expect for this job. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden it's kind of the same work, but now I'm getting paid for it. You know, I think too, Kelly, that, um, it's no longer just the creative industry that's experiencing this Yeah, because of our evolution of business and, um, and capitalism <laughs> in there, we now value workers differently. They are now considered an expense. And so a lot of businesses are 
now hiring contractors instead of full-time employees so they don't have to pay those benefits packages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of folks, especially the millennials, who are in the same boat as you are of trying to stay alive, trying to stay afloat when you're a contractor. Another thing I know about you, Kelly, is that you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis just a couple of years ago. So in that, it adds another layer to you seeking work, you doing work. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Because I know there's a lot of other Americans who deal with disability, disease, and illness on a a daily basis, and still we have to work. Yeah. A little bit of backstory about that. I, multiple sclerosis takes a really long time to uh, diagnose because it could be a lot of different things. Um, At this point, it's pretty much multiple sclerosis for me. Um, Lesions on the brain and things like that. But what was hard about it is how long it did take to diagnose because I had to get MRIs every couple months of my head, which cost and cost and cost and cost. And just a doctor's visit was four or $500. And I had to do that monthly. And so that became part of my monthly expenses and pretty much the reason I moved back in with my parents because can't do a thousand dollar rent plus a thousand dollars in medical bills plus everything else Mm -hmm. so it was definitely hard experiencing all that I mean kind of traumatic I've throughout the process of diagnosing me with it I was told I had brain tumors I was told so many different things by so many different doctors that I wasn't even thinking about working. Of course. <laughs> At that point, I was scared, you know, I'm just, just had graduated college and all of a sudden I have all of this medical shit to deal with mm-hmm. <laughs> out of nowhere. And so I kind of, that set me back. Can I pause here? I, w- I would like for you to share a bit more about that because You know, it's very much a financial burden for anybody in the United States to have an illness right now, um, to to have cancer or anything else going on. Um, But beyond the financial burden, like you said, you weren't thinking about a job. You had a Mm -hmm. lot on your mind. You were... And I was in pain too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So you're experiencing physically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, Walk us through that a little bit more. Okay. So... Right after graduation, um, I started getting these blackouts that would last for about five to ten seconds, and I they became more and more frequent. Like, guess what? You can't be at a restaurant carrying mm. a tray of glass and then have a blackout. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> and so I was unable to do physical work like that. I would be on a set. And it was a little bit easier on the set to just kind of sit down and for a second, but it was a burden. Like you, you want to move and you want to get things done. And so those blackouts are what made me go in. Um, I went into the doctor thinking I had an inner ear infection and then the two years of craziness Mm. started from there. Um, just with some odd spots on a brain MRI. As you said, it's a burden to have, chronic pain um and it's a financial burden and it's like i i i wasn't able to 
to jump into my career because of the physical and emotional stress that I was under. Well, and I just want the listeners to to hear this part of your story because as I've been saying all along, all of our systems intertwine. The jobs in our country are related to how healthy we are and how emotionally and mentally prepared we are each day when we wake up to go to that job. And of course, you know, all of the other pieces, but just those alone makes us realize how important healthcare is in this country. If we do not have healthcare, we will no longer have a, a healthy society or a healthy population who can continue to do the work. Kelly wasn't able to continue doing the physical labor that is often expected of the younger generations and that lower paid wage work because of her medical condition. And on top of that, she needed more income to be able to survive. So we can see here how these layers stack up and there's a lot of research done about these things. When people are unhealthy, it's more expensive to be unhealthy in this country. And not that Kelly's unhealthy. She's got a diagnosis with something, but it affects her health because it's a a physical and a mental and a financial burden. And we all have these burdens in different ways. Um, But anyway, I, I continue to talk about this, but it is very important for us to realize that when we talk about jobs, we can't just talk about the job market. We also have to address healthcare, address education, address how we value human beings in our country. So thank you for sharing that. Kelly. You're welcome. So Kelly, as a sociologist and as somebody who has studied people and our society, what I know is that when we are able to offer people jobs that feed their passions, that make them feel alive, they're more willing to contribute in society. And when we have a willing participant, when we have a willing population who wants to contribute to our society, we grow, we innovate, we come up with new ways of doing things that can really propel us forward. And We are in a situation in our country where things have been done the same way for hundreds of years. And so the argument is that's just the way it is, that we just do it because we do it this way. But again, we have data, we we have this understanding and this knowing that happy people are productive people and healthy people tend to be happy people. So they're all connected. I'd love for you to talk about, as a young person, and as somebody who is as passionate as you are, and and you have a very, uh, you're woke, Kelly. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Do you understand that we are not just here to fill somebody else's um, needs? We're not here to feed the wealthy and and their goals. We are complex human beings. Our potential is much greater than it's being used at this point. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Talk to me about this. What What do you want to see? What do you think it, this is all about? As a someone who wants to get into the film industry, I have always seen film as something that has a great power to have influence over people. In that way, I've kind of argued with myself about what I want to do within that, within the film industry, what feeds my passion. I've wanted to go the comedy route and I've wanted to go the horror route. And then what 
ends up happening is when I start writing those things or put in energy to those things, I have this bigger voice in my head that's like, that's not, that's entertainment, but it's entertainment that's not serving our fucked up society, (laughs) honestly. Like, (laughs) what would feed my passion is to create film that sparks thoughts in people, that sparks an awareness of something that is happening in our society in our world that's pretty fucked up right now as as far as jobs it's not a super easy thing to do because I want to make a movie or a tv show that is a narrative that will make people think about animal rights and in the meantime in order to make that happen in order to sustain myself while writing these things, I have to go work at a restaurant that serving those corporations, serving factory farming in order to be able to survive and write about how that's wrong. Yeah. You know, you bring up a really great point. In ancient civilizations, some people were philosophers. They were artists. They were inventors. And in those civilizations is when we saw the most growth as human beings. We expanded beyond the consciousness of that day. Mm -hmm. And it was those people who did so. And I think it makes me think of my older brother, Tyler. He is the most intelligent person I've ever met. And he's invented a few things, but he's an artist. Mm -hmm. And so from the time he was a child, he was told, you can draw, you can paint, but you have to get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he was told. And I'm sure that's not the first time you have, I'm sure you've heard it before. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it brings up this more important point, Kelly, and I just got goosebumps as I was thinking of this. Our society, again, we've been doing the same thing for a few hundred years. And now we're at this consciousness. We're at this space where we know that we're not just these bodies, we're not just these minds, but we're these greater beings here having this experience, having this physical human experience. And we've seen in history, right? I just told you in in civilization, these people propelled us forward. Now we've got folks like you, Kelly, who are coming into our world, these young people like yourself and even younger kids who are saying, this is not what it means to be a human being those kids who began the March for Our Lives to talk about gun rights or gun laws and regulation, they are saying that you are not valuing human life by doing this. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you want to use your passions and your skills and talents to bring a voice to things that aren't right, to things that hurt us as human beings. And you're coming up against a system that's been in place for a few hundred years that says, no, that's art. No, that is a hobby. We need you to work over here. We need you to serve the food. (laughs) Yeah. Right. How does that make you feel when you, when you realize where you're at, the time that you're living and what you're coming up against? One thing I will say is that we are fortunate as a group of artists in this era to be able to have exposure through social media. Um, I know a lot of people who are making a good living off of being artists, but it's getting there. That's the problem. It's this system that's in place. You have to sacrifice so much of yourself to become who you want to be. And 
And could we argue that maybe that's how people lose their passion along the way? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, When a lot of times when even when art becomes a job, they say that you kind of lose a little bit of that as well, of, of that passion. Yeah, because you're being forced to sell something instead of allowing that creativity to come and, and move through you or yeah. to work through you. Mm-hmm. I like what you said a lot about the people in history, philosophers and astronomers and that kind of era of humanity that was just allowed, given all the time and all the space to expand their consciousness. And we got so much important stuff out of that Mm -hmm. because we allowed them to do that. Um, And let's just pause for a moment and talk about that. So those folks were in a time when society did support them. Yes. So they weren't having to work a 40 hour job Mm -hmm. and then go home and be creative. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are today if that was the case, because you and I both know as creatives, you can't. No, yeah. It stifles. So I just wanted to to put that point out there. Well, yeah, and that's the human need too. We, in order to evolve, we need to sleep. We need to eat right. We need to have healthy social interactions with people. We need to not be glued to our cell phones and things like that. <laughs> and so there were so many different things in in their society or in absence of things that allow them to grow consciously like that. And I do think going back to this discussion about my mom, she was attempting that that growth and expansion of her mind in a society that was not supportive of that. So she had to make money. So she had to bring in an income to our family so that we had the things that made us comfortable and the education system and how brutal it was and the other teachers she was working with and all of the drama she got so sick that she said I can't be a teacher anymore wow and that's when she switched to the yoga and the mindfulness and all of that stuff people that don't have the support system that she had the ability to my dad's income Mm -hmm. being able to support her while she spent all the money to become this yoga teacher and do all of this for children People that don't have that support are just lost in the system. And it's such a shame because we have so many great minds that just aren't supported and they're just working at bars. And Yeah. Could you imagine, Kelly, if we actually supported people who wanted to expand their consciousness? Yes. <laughs> we, could, we could be in hovercraft cars. We could, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but you're, you're right. It's not supported. No. So you grew up knowing that passion is this thing that we can use and uh, contribute to society. And so here you are in this um, millennial generation who, millennial, yeah? Yes. You're right there. Yeah. Then, but, um, <laughs> but you're in this place where you have a greater understanding. You know a lot of the shit we're doing is bullshit. So, you know, a lot of this shit is bullshit and you have this passion and you have this greater understanding. So what do you uh, tell me about the rest of your generation? Are they all like you? Do a lot of them understand this? I would say, I mean, there's a lot of woke people in my generation and um, 
definitely what I see through social media is a lot of people kind of writing about this and talking about this and saying, hey, our society's fucked up. What are we going to do about it? But at the same time, I see a lot of people who are just okay with the grind and probably will be forever. Yeah. Just work, come home, sleep, work, come home, sleep, work, come home, sleep. They've been programmed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's hard to watch because it's not helping in any way. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not we're not really supported to make a change. So they make it very hard. They're not they, I, well, I guess they are society. Yes. The way that things are, our systems make it really hard to make a change. Mm-hmm. You know, we can create art and we can talk about it and we can rant about it and hold up picket signs and stuff, but yeah. nothing's actually happening. Yeah. And let's be clear. We're not just complaining because I know, you know, some adults would say, say, oh, (laughs) these young ones, they're just complaining and they just need to suck it up and drive on. No, Kelly's saying that this is fucked up, right? It is. It is. And, And at the same time, we have evolved. There's less crime than there used to be. But we don't need crime, right? We can ensure that people, and and I say that, but there, you know, there'll always be a few things because there's Mm -hmm. always a few bad apples in a bunch. But the point is, when we create systems that support all Americans, when it supports people and humanity, then we have a lot less issues. And we support this evolution of ourselves because that's what it really is. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, folks would, we're not complaining. We're saying, Hey, there's a different way to do things. And that's why we're having this conversation. We have to start thinking differently and doing differently. And I just wanted to say, thank you for bringing all of that into a job discussion. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Most people don't think about passion in a job we think first about paying the bills because Mm -hmm. that's what's most important um but when we can start having these discussions and we have to start thinking differently and doing differently and i just wanted to say thank you for bringing all of that into a job discussion (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) most people don't think about passion in a job we think first about paying the bills because Mm -hmm. that's what's most important um but when we can start having these discussions and valuing passions that's when we start to grow and we start to shift and we can really create so much more in that space this has been fireside chats with crystal Thank you for taking your precious time to invest in yourself, your community, and our country. Now go out there and shine, baby, shine. Our country needs us now more than ever. If you like what you heard, please check out the curriculum link and dive into more learning already live. Then head over to my website and donate to the cause. I'm offering my curriculum for free. So it's up to you to see the value in what I'm doing and support your girl along the way.